Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Ella, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I am Tay, Eric Taylor, and welcome to our 2022-23 NBA preview show. We're going to chop it up, get into uh, just a myriad of different topics, give you our, you know, seedings, playoffs, postseason awards. But, Ray, we start off with Tuesday, tomorrow, opening night. The Philadelphia 76ers at the Boston Celtics. The Los Angeles Lakers at the champion Golden State Warriors, who find themselves in a bit of controversy. So I guess I want to start there with that second game and just, you know, the whole LeBron passing Kareem and Kareem being kind of throwing a little random sporadic shade at him, maybe some jealousy. But then do you think the Golden State Warriors, who just paid Jordan Poole $123 million and Andre Wiggins $105 or $6 million, goodness gracious, they are the highest salary in the league. But did they handle the – Draymond Green punch with Jordan Poole the proper way, and will it or will it not affect their championship uh, run and, and opportunity to repeat? What do you think? So no and yes are my answers. No, they did not handle this right. I thought Draymond Green should have been suspended. Um, yeah. Everybody says everybody who says he shouldn't be suspended says, well, it was caught on tape, and in years past, nobody would have leaked it, and it was internal. But that's not the point. The point is it is on tape, and it is out there. People have seen what happened. And yeah. two, Draymond is a leader on that team, and you can't have your leader just – I don't know what happened, what precipitated that. Draymond said he's having off-the-field issues, off-the-court issues, sorry – um, but you, you can't do that. You've got to suspend the guy. I think he's got to be suspended for a game. Uh, look, I, I respect every team for handling their own internal business, but I think once that was leaked, once everybody saw what happened and Draymond is supposed to be one of your leaders of that team, and this isn't the first time, this is the third or fourth incident like that. So it's not like Draymond for the first time lost his cool and put his hands on somebody. So to me – they lost an opportunity to set some kind of discipline and say, look, we're all a family. These things happen. We get it. But, but he just, you know, he didn't push the guy. He didn't elbow the guy. He took all kinds of, I mean, that, that was a, that was a, he had a lot of oomph on that. You know what I mean? That was a lot of frustration <laughs> on that right hand that came out. So to me, they lost an opportunity. And I do think that this will have an effect on their team. Now, will it, crush their ability to win the to win the title or compete for the title? I don't think so, but I do think that for the next few months, and I don't know that Draymond and, and Jordan Poole will ever be, you know, uh, completely recovered from this, you know? 
I just see this as a problem. And Jordan Poole, they just committed to, like you said, Wiggins and Poole. It was interesting that uh, Poole got $30 million more than Wiggins for the same four years. I guess age is still, you know, age before beauty. <laughs> Wiggins was, the, was probably, you know, the second most important person in that, in that title run. Um, well, no, be honest. Say, 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 what you, say what you really want to say. Wiggins could have won MVP and potentially. Wiggins could have won MVP. Yeah. I mean, think about Andre Iguodala won the MVP, you know, and, and uh, Kawhi Leonard in 2014 won the MVP. So it's not crazy if, if, if Wiggins would have won the MVP despite Steph, you know, leading the team in, in scoring. So he gets five for 105, or sorry, four for 109, I think it is, and Poole got four for 140. So clearly they value Jordan Poole. Oh, I thought it was 123. I didn't know it was 140. No, 140. They clearly value Jordan Poole, and, and it's questionable whether Draymond would even be on the team next year. Well, okay, so um, depending- that's what I was going to say. So in response to that, Draymond should have got suspended. Um, I don't care if it was recorded, videotaped. It doesn't matter. It's two human beings that are teammates, and you can't show support to a teammate that punches another teammate because you, you could lose you could lose Clay, you could lose Jordan, you could lose other younger players, Kaminga, uh, Wiseman. The point is Draymond is a veteran, he's trusted, but I do believe probably not the all star break, but next summer Draymond will be shipped out because they see the end is coming and they don't want it to end in a sloppy, ornery so I think this is his last season with the Warriors. I really do believe that. And I believe when they gave Jordan Poole the extension, they probably told him that. Because the reality is, with Kaminga and Wiseman, Kaminga, I think, will develop a lot this year. He could be you know, up for one of the most improved if he gets the minutes. Same as Wiseman. And I think they're going to see that, really, they don't need Draymond. And they'll shift their style of play and you'll have, you know, maybe Clay, Poole, and Curry on the court together at, you know, more often, if not even starting, or at least, you know, whatever, for part of it, or they'll, you know, have Kaminga start at the four with Wiseman next season. So, yeah, I, I think that he should have got suspended. I don't like the way they handled it. And I do think Draymond, you know, he'll finish the season, but I think he'll be gone next summer. Now with the Lakers and LeBron, I, I'm disappointed in Kareem. I think – because of LeBron, I don't want to say being his equal, but LeBron risking his multi-hundred millions and now billionaire for political and social and civil rights, uh, you know, sticking up for the voiceless, laying his voice on the line constantly, way back at the ESPYs with uh, Dwayne Wade and Carmelo, and then even more vigorously you know, battling against the president and, and the, you, know, you know, Laura Ingram and all these other fools and all these people, I give LeBron a lot of credit because he didn't have to do that. Jordan didn't do it, and he got criticized by a lot of people for that. But LeBron put his personality and his wallet on the line. And to me, I don't see how Kareem wouldn't respect that. This is just Kareem had the scoring, still has it, but had the scoring title since 1984. Ray, which is crazy, but I think LeBron is going to pass it, and I wish Kareem would just pass the torch in a very, you know, respectful way, but I guess what I want to ask you about that is your thoughts on that, but, you know, we always talk about the rankings, and I think it's important to touch on, you know, and maybe we do a whole other show later on in the season about it, 
But I think in terms of Curry, Durant, and especially LeBron, you know, in this top 20, top 15, top 10 conversation, I do think that officially is the passing of the torch of LeBron passing Kareem without doubt as the number two best player of all time. And plenty are still arguing that LeBron's better than Michael all time, all around, but that's not coming from me. Give me your thoughts on, on, on Kareem's attitude and where LeBron is, is, is ranking. So, you know, these old timers fall into two categories. They usually fall into the gracious, you know, sort of passing the torch types. And then there's the, a little bit curmudgeon we don't like these new school players and we don't like the way they handle themselves on social media and some of it is jealousy because they get paid a lot more and <laughs> they have a lot more notoriety. So <laughs> I'm hoping this is a passing moment for Kareem because he has done a lot for basketball and for civil rights and for you know speaking out on issues. But you keep, keep all of the LeBron discussion to on the court because LeBron has done a lot of things in an age where he's been under the microscope since he's been 17, right? He didn't get to go play three years with John Wooden. He didn't get to grow up and mature into, um, you know, the person that Kareem ended up becoming. LeBron James had to learn it on the fly. There was no social media handbook. There was no playbook. He reinvented the game of off-the-court success, right? And he's a billionaire right now. So. All that stuff aside, you know, he, he gets all the credit for for that off-the-field stuff. So I'm hoping that Kareem just, you know, is a little jealous. Maybe he was a little used to being, walking around saying, I'm the all-time leading scorer. But bringing the focus back to the court for a sec, I need to remind you and everybody else of <laughs> where LeBron ranks. So LeBron is number two right now in scoring, and towards the end of the year, depending on how many games he plays and how much he averages, so probably right around January, February, he's going to pass Kareem to become the league's all-time leading scorer, which in and of itself is unbelievable, right? The 17-year-old kid, the sure prospect, didn't miss. However, there's a couple more stats that make LeBron even more interesting. So LeBron is number 10 all-time in the league in steals, and Mm -hmm. he's climbing up that ranking and will end up his career fifth or sixth in steals. LeBron James at 6'8", 6'9", 240 is also the seventh leading assist person in the NBA at 10,000 assists. Now, if he continues on his pace, he could easily be third where Chris Paul is right now, even though Chris Paul will keep going up, and could potentially even nip at Jason Kidd, number two. So you're telling me that a 17-year-old kid from Akron, Ohio, is going to end his career as the top scorer in the league history, number three, maybe four in assists, number four, five or number six in steals is going to win four championships at least has the, the MVPs have, and now he's four and six in championships. I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. This guy is, is, well, he's half uh, magic and half Jordan, right? I mean, I think what you described, that's exactly what it sounds like. 
half Magic, half Jordan with a little spice of uh, Alvin Robinson and Carl Malone all together. And, with and the you know, and, Carl Malone, right? <laughs> oh, I know. And, you know, and I'm starting to um, – I'm not softening my stance on Jordan being number one, but I am starting to really – just like we said about Manning and then eventually Brady, which hasn't happened yet, and, and in all sports, you know, when Dr. J left, Kareem left, Magic left, Bird, we missed them. Isaiah left, we missed them. Jordan, we really missed them. But we, it's thing, been a long time that we've had LeBron, and boy, is he going to be missed, right? The, and I do think people take him for granted. Because they've yeah. been, they grew up with LeBron James, right? Since, since, since he came in the league in 2003, so it's been 20 years, basically, that you've had LeBron James, so you've kind of taken him for granted. Keep in mind, too, that most everybody, including Kareem uh, and even Jordan, at the end of their career were definitely fading, right? Oh, yeah. And LeBron James is still – at least statistically, in his prime. You know, he played 37 minutes a game last season, averaged 23 and 8 and 7 in his 19th season. No, it's insane. 23, 8, and 7. And honestly, for a lot of the season, but think about it, for a lot of season, it was like 26, 27 a game. It was after the injury, and then he came back, but he was scoring less, and he was playing games, kind of working his way back into shape. But you're right. The stats are just – I mean, we could go on forever with LeBron. So, I mean, it's going to be a fantastic season. I guess the the real question is Curry and Durant. Do you feel that Durant needs to really validate and put that final stamp on his career by winning – a chip without the Warriors and Curry, whether it's in Brooklyn or if he got traded to Phoenix or anywhere, do you feel? Stop, I mean, he's not coming to Phoenix. That's not over yet. Don't sleep. But anyway, but I'll say this. He's, I mean, not a stamp. The career is already solid. He's already a, a top 15 player, but I feel somewhere be amongst the greats of the greats and the legends, Durant needs to win one without that warrior team, without the facade and the just the appearance of him joining a championship squad, joining Curry, Draymond, and Clay, joining Steve Kerr. I I don't know if it has to be this season, but whatever they wind up doing, I really feel like Kevin Durant needs he needs a, a chip in Brooklyn or wherever without Curry to just take him really into that top 10. And I think Curry's right there at 10 or 11 now. What do you think about that? I agree with both of those. Remember he joined a warrior team that won 73 games. They Mm -hmm. were the best regular season team of all time. And And then he took seven games himself with Westbrook and had the lead and then lost it. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, in life, a lot of times we think this or that. Both things can be true, right? He did front run and go to Golden State, but at he the same busy. time, 
he was the best player on that team, right? Let's not, yeah. let's not, you know, and Steph's my guy. And, you know, yeah. especially when the playoffs came, that was Kevin Durant. And they won because of Kevin Durant, and they won easily because of Kevin Durant. They lost, so, so they won the first two years over Cleveland, and then that third year they lost to my guy, Kawhi Leonard. Um, they fell apart health-wise, right? Durant fell apart with the, with the Achilles, and then, and then Clay Thompson got hurt. So Durant did join. He was the best player in the league, you could argue. He joined the best team, but he was the best player on that best team. So it takes nothing away from everybody. And like I said, both things can be true. But I do agree that if you want to be a top 10 player, there's a certain elite sort of level of accomplishment and get on my back that you need to have. And everybody else in that group has put usually the team they were drafted on but sometimes, you know, the team they were traded to on their back. And you could argue that even though Kevin Durant was the best player on that best team and they blew, you know, the doors off the, you know, off the competition and then eventually off the Cleveland Cavs in the playoffs, he didn't really put that team on their back. I mean, it's hard to put a 73-win team on your back. You know what I mean? You didn't just well, because it was a collection the- of greatness. It was great already, and you were the best player on a great team, but you didn't really do, oh, you know what I mean? You didn't do the heavy lifting. You weren't out there, you know, squatting. Wait, wait, wait. What did Barkley say that got him all pissed? You wasn't the bus driver. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I do think that. But he was the bus driver. I mean, it's. Kevin Durant is an interesting cat, right? So I don't really know how he's wired. Um, and if these, if what we're talking about, if he listened and called into the show, and Kevin, call into the show, brother. We were, no, no, we're I was going to say, Kevin, Kevin is so wired that if he, if he heard our show in NBA preview, he would clap back and talk some stuff with us. And that's what I, I actually like and respect that about him, where some people think it's him kind of, um, you know, swinging low and who cares what eggheads on Twitter say and yada, yada, all that stuff. I actually like the passion because it's, that tells me how much he loves basketball because what he will do is he tweets back actual basketball stats. He tweets back double, you know, talking about double teams and what the coaches were doing at me and they were sending this and this like Kevin is, is, you know, we all consider like uh, LeBron, a basketball savant and he is, and he's proven it. Right. Um, But I think Kevin is one as well. And he just doesn't, you know, wax poetic about it the way LeBron does, but I think Kevin is really an interesting cat. So let's transition as we get ready to go to looking at the, 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 the playoff teams and all that. I want to ask you this NBA offseason and moves, which of these three teams and these three players will make the biggest impact? Cause these were like some of the biggest moves, you know, maybe that probably happened. Obviously Jamonte Murray, who an all-star had a career season last year with the Spurs goes to the Atlanta Hawks, a team that, you know, is really kind of building a nice youthful solid foundation, had a nice playoff run and then not so great last year. Then you have Rudy Gobert as the Jazz kind of broke it up, and actually not three, four, four uh, moves, right? So Gobert going to Minnesota to form the Twin Towers, and Big Cat can play 
at the four, and, and he's a little injured right now, so he'll start off slow with Anthony Edwards. Um, obviously, Donovan Mitchell leaving Utah, going to join the young Cleveland team with Darius Garland, Eric Mobley. And then last but not least, and this one isn't so major, but he did come from a playoff team, and he did come to our New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson. Which one of those four will, at the end of the season, stand out to be the most productive and the most influential for team success as like a playoff run? That's interesting. It's a very interesting question because here's why I'm going to push back a little bit on that. And I'm going to say that none of those teams are doing anything in the playoffs. So (laughs) they are more, they're more for long-term success, right? So I would argue that, you've got a very interesting little science experiment going. Um, You know, the least impactful one I think is Jalen Brunson on the Knicks. You know, will he make them a playoff team? I think that's their ceiling, right? Will they get to the playing game and can he handle the New York? um, Yeah. You know, it's different. And I think he's built for it. And I think the play-in game is a fair expectation. I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah, and, and, you know, playing second fiddle to Luka Doncic is quite different than having to, you know, carry the team with, you know, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle as your, as your partners in crime because you know, a lot's going to be expected of, of, of him. And just think, you know, the Dallas Mavericks could have signed him for half the money in, in January, and they didn't. So, you know, he And actually, he I think rolled. it's going to affect the Mavericks, to be honest with you. I don't think that they did great moves in the offseason. I think they they're going to miss him. They didn't. They, that was a they're going to miss him. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say the, the one that I look at, well, the, you know, Deontay Murray, a triple-double guy, and I would love to see how Deontay Murray and Trey Young work together in the backcourt. Um, I, I think it's going to be nice. Yeah, I don't think we've seen, you know, something quite like that, like the young firepower and the, the triple-double guy. Um, that'll be very interesting. So, so I got my eye on Atlanta. Again, I don't know that they're going to do much in the playoffs, but they're super young. I think the, the two that, that really interest me are Minnesota and Cleveland. So Cleveland ended up giving away a lot of draft capital, a little bit more than the Knicks were willing to do, to get a core nucleus of – four of the top, I don't know, 50 players, 60 players in the NBA, which is pretty amazing since they're all, you know, what, 23, 24, Donovan Mitchell, probably like 25 now coming out of Louisville. What is it, fifth year or so? So you've got um, got Darius Garland and then uh, Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt. And then you've got this frontcourt that's pretty interesting too. You know, know, Evan Mobley comes out and is – comes out of USC and starts doing really big things. And Super talented. I, now, you got to be patient because these teams don't really, really, really have a chance to do much in the next couple of years when those megastars are still ahead of them. Uh, but, you know, if you're throwing uh, Jared Allen, think about this front court, right? Jared Allen and Evan Mobley up front with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert. They still have – Kevin Love, I mean, these are, these are good players. Now, obviously, Levert's, you know, 30-ish, and Kevin Love's probably in his you know, mid-30s. But those young guys, I mean, those are pretty studly. The one I really, 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 you know, as a Knicks fan, the one I'm really thinking about is Minnesota. Can 
some version of the Twin Towers, which we <laughs> haven't seen since, you know, Patrick Ewing and Bill Cartwright. I mean, when's the uh, last time you No ordinary two? bill. And we, well, well, we used to be there at the games of the guards talking to, to oh, yeah. my gosh. And look, Bill Cartwright was never on the same level as Patrick Ewing from a talent standpoint. But Carl mm. Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, I mean, Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year. Those two are top 20 players. So when was the last time you had two top 20 big men in, on your team, on your roster at the same time? And keep in mind that they still, you could argue, are not even the stars offensively because that could be Anthony Edwards, right? And oh, and Russell I think it is. And I think we saw glimpses of Anthony Edwards, uh, Ray, in the playoffs um, that were really promising. That series could have gone either way with Minnesota and Memphis. And it was, if we really think about it in the playoffs, that might have been, if not number one, the number two most fascinating series and just the back and forth and the smack talk and just the, the, you know, they had these big swings where one team was up by 30. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was fascinating, but Anthony Edwards, he's got a little something in him. And I, and I think we're going to see this year. Um, I believe Cleveland and Minnesota can be surprising and, and could push teams to the limit in the first round and that's where I think it's going to really be fascinating. But think about this. No, you're 100% right. But think about this. Think about how the Twin Towers that they have, it might change the pendulum, swing the pendulum a little bit back towards the center. I mean, we've gone center, <laughs> no pun intended, to the middle, right? Because we've gone in an era now where there are of, of the teams, look at the, look at the playoff teams, right? You've got the Brooklyn Nets are essentially going to play without a center in the playoffs. The uh, Golden State Warriors essentially play without a center. I mean, a classic center, a true center. And, you know, potentially the Pelicans. I mean, there's some teams out there that are going to go into these playoffs essentially without a center and saying we want positionless basketball, small ball, and just have really talented six seven six eight six nine guys just going up and down the court and And i think it's changing right in front of our eyes though right now we have more talented big guys in the league than we've had in the last 20 years and then we can look at uh vuvacek and b the joker back-to-back mvps carl anthony towns um i like robert williams in boston rudy gobert um, Brooke Lopez changed his game to be a, a shooting three at, at the center. Bam out of Bayou. Yeah, right. Um, I, I, look, I would like it because as much as I like positionless basketball, I do. I think there is something to be said. And I think you're sleeping on your Wiseman. I think Wiseman is going to make the Warriors even different this year. I hope and, so. And harder to beat and maybe even harder to guard. And I think DeAndre Ayton is going to finally – I think he got embarrassed in the offseason, and I think he's going to wake up and have to start to do more and, and play more. So, Well, first thing he's got to do is talk to his coach. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's you know, a little ridiculous think, that in three but months I think they that didn't there's been a lot of stuff with the Phoenix organization. Obviously, the owner is going to sell Robert Sara, you know, and all his controversy and mess. 
thankfully it didn't get to the Donald Sterling, but it was just embarrassing. And I think he saw, you know, now his statement was very passive aggressive. Oh, in this climate, I can't, da, 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 and it won't be forgiven. It's like, cry me a river billionaire, like whatever. Like that was so such a punk statement. But I, I do think that there's an opportunity for healing and where Phoenix could go really bad and drop down to a seventh, eighth seed, or they could be a top four seed and then maybe push through where people aren't thinking it because I think Booker is going to step up to a new height. But let's start with the standings. I'm going to lead off with the East. And, you know, it's not like football, you guys. We're doing it, you know, just the the seeding. Um, I got the Sixers as the number one seed. I think they're going to have a really – a, a nice layered team. I think Maxi and Harden, as they figure out the balance, some nights Harden will lead, some nights Maxi will lead. But I think bringing PJ Tucker over gives them some defensive bite and muscle, and he could still hit the corner three. And he's willing to dive on the floor, even at his older age, and do dirty work. He really helped Miami last year to have some toughness, even though they didn't have enough in the playoffs to advance. And I have Brooklyn at two. Now, obviously, you know, I, you know, I know how the NBA does it with, you know, they're in the same division, so they might drop to like a technically another seed, but we're just doing it like that with the, the, the records. And I think Brooklyn will be number two. Um, I, I just think Ben Simmons and, and these guys are ready, you know, and I think they made some – Philly and the Nets made quiet moves in the offseason – to solidify their rotation and bench. And I think getting back, um, oh, my God, what's the shooter that they're getting back that they missed? Joe Harris with Curry. I think this adds to what Ben Simmons can pass to and letting Kyrie almost be like an Allen Iverson as a scoring guard could make Kyrie have the bounce back season that he needs to get the check or the young kids say to acquire the bag, right? Milwaukee three. Um, you can't stop Giannis, and I, to be honest with you, Milwaukee has a shot to get back to win the title if they stay healthy with Holiday and Middleton, um, only because Giannis is – he finds a way to improve every season, and so I have a lot of respect for him. For Boston, I think it's about health. Now, it did hurt losing uh, Danilo Gallinari, who I thought was a great offseason acquisition they were flirting with Carlo, Carmelo Anthony they didn't sign him I think they should they did bring in Blake Griffin but let me tell you something bringing in our boy from Indiana Malcolm Brogdon Brogdon is is a thing that I think I have them at four but it could also put them to one because I just we just don't know how talented him and Marcus Smart could be because Brogdon not only can play point they and two. They complement each other very nicely. Very well. And he does play defense. And with him and Smart, you might not be able to score in the Celtics. They might hold teams back into like the high 80s and, and 90s. Five, I got the heat. I just, um, I think they're starting to fade. I know they gave uh, the shooter the big contract. Um, Tyler Hero, we, yeah. we need Duncan Robinson to kind of get back to shooting well again. I think Jimmy Butler – I got to say, I have more respect for Butler than I might have for any other player in the league because every time I think that he's getting older and he's going to just wean off, he just will, like, come up with these 30, 40, 50-point games whenever he needs to, and he plays defense and does the dirty work. One of the best well-rounded, self-made players 
probably in NBA history. I, I have nothing but respect for Jimmy Butler, but I don't love that roster overall. So I got him at five. The Hawks, six, like we said, and you said it great. Well, let's see the experiment. But I think it's great, and I think John Collins is in an interesting year because he's got to kind of figure out. Because there were rumors of them moving him, but then they didn't. And I think the Hawks, you know, Murray's going to help Trey Young in the long run. And they're going to be – it's a bigger version, but they're going to be like Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars, this Cavalier team. By the way, nobody's really talking about it, but the East is definitely the equivalent – to the West now. There's no more, oh, the West is the only good division. I mean, when you look at the East, even going down to, to, to number eight where I have the Raptors, these eight teams are all dogs. Cleveland is no joke. Toronto, Scotty Barnes in his second year. Um, Pascal, I, look, Fred Van Fleet, I got him on my fantasy basketball roster. I like Toronto, and I think they could be from anywhere from eight to five just because their coach is so great, and you got to give Nurse so much credit. The Bulls, Lonzo Ball, do you know when Ball's coming back? He's going to miss a little bit of time, you know, I, but I like this team. Like, DeRozan and Levine, we weren't sure if it was going to work, but it worked. And Nikolai Vubacek, you know, I loved him for years, right? He From didn't shoot great Andre. last year, but he yeah. have a bounce back year. But I think they're going to bounce back and Alex Caruso. So once Ball gets back, um, I think, and that's what puts them down, but they'll make the playoffs and they, they could be a sneaky, dangerous team. I got the Knicks to make just edging out the Pistons in the play-in at 10. Pistons, I think, um, Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham, the couple of roster moves they made, I think Bagley uh, kind of wakes up his career. Pistons are sneaky good. That, that, that's a team on the come up, so watch them. Hornets, I don't know what's going to happen with Bridges. I haven't heard the latest reports if he's going to play this year or make it back. I don't know what's the deal if he's, you know, with all the stuff that happened um, the the first night before free agency. That was terrible, um, getting into a situation with a, a woman or whatever. But the Hornets at 12, LaMelo Ball continues to get better, and they've got uh, J.P. Williams. They've got some nice players in that team. I got the Magic at 13. Pablo Vancaro, he'll be up there for Rookie of the Year. The Magic, I think the Magic can improve a lot, too. The Wizards with Bradley Beal. It's Bradley Beal and a bunch of like, I mean, yeah, Kyle Kuzma. What color is his hair today? You know, I don't know. Chris that. Yeah, and and you know what? Maybe I'm sleeping. Maybe the Wizards could be all the way up to 10 or 11. But I just don't know, and I don't trust that even Beal or or Chris Stapps will stay healthy. Beal hasn't played 82 games in God knows how long. He's always hurt, too. And same with Porzingis. So that's why I have them 14 and then the Pacers 15. Um, but I do like the rookie with the Pacers and Buddy Heald. I don't know how long he'll be there because I feel like he's going to be moved as a chip. The Pacers are in transition, and they're in the running for the 7-4 rookie. Uh, I don't know the pronunciation of his name. What's the kid's name, the 7-4, 7-5 Frenchie, kid? Is, yeah, they say yeah, he's he, James. Unicorn. Can I tell you, he, they're saying that he's a bigger version of Kevin Durant. The kid got handle. He can, but I've seen some clips, and I was like, what? Like, it almost looks scary. Like, it doesn't look real. Like, he's so – yeah, he's going to be the real deal. So, you'll That's see That's why teams. I wanted to see Chet Holmgren. I would love to see – I mean, little – Chet plays bigger, right? But he can certainly shoot and he can certainly do some things that a big man – you know, And I was sad for Chet, to do. Chet's injury, and that's a shame. But I, I, I don't – I think, just from even watching Summer League, I think Chet is like a season or two away because he's too light in the butt. He's talented, but he's so frail. Like he's the other there. really. He's 19 years old, you know. Put yeah. him on a weight plan. Get him some. Yeah, take him yeah. to what, what, what you got in the East? What you got in the East? So let me say this: with the East, I think it's less important 
than in prior years about where you end up. And so, therefore, I think a lot of coaches are going to try to work on their game and work on momentum going into the playoffs. So I don't think this race for the number one seed is as important. So having said that, I'll tell you what I think. I think the Sixers finish number one um, only sort of by default. I think everybody's going to be good at the top of the East. The top four teams are really good. So I think the Sixers maybe win by a game or two, but it really doesn't matter because the Sixers could win a game seven in Milwaukee, in Brooklyn, in Boston, you know, if it came down to that, right? But I have the Sixers at number one. Big question is Tyrese Maxey, the alpha dog that they need him to be, and what does that mean for James Harden? Because you know what you're going to get from Embiid given that he stays healthy. But what is who's your number two guy? And then you know can, can Tobias get a, Harris like show up this year? I was going to get a little bit more from Tobias Harris. I feel like I'll, I'll just be disappointed if I expect too much from Tobias Harris. So I'm just saying, give me a little bit more. Don't give me a lot more. Just give me a little bit more. And and I need Tyrese Maxey to be that you know second alpha dog. And I need uh, James Harden to be in shape and yeah. to reinvent himself as kind of a a dual you know, sort of a Magic Johnson at the end of his career, like a scorer and an assist guy. Uh, but I have Sixers number one. I have the Milwaukee Bucks at number two. The Bucks are going to be tweaking their uh, offense, trying to figure out what wins a championship, trying to rely less on Giannis in the half court and spread it out and get some, you know, production out of – Condon is going to be out for a few weeks in the beginning of the year, but Condon, Grayson Allen – you know, Drew Holiday from the perimeter, and obviously Chris Middleton, they need him healthy. He can't go down in game seven. Um, but I have them at number two. I have the Brooklyn Nets at number three. Again, Brooklyn Nets, perfect example of a team that if they're the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh seed, it doesn't matter. With, with Kyrie and Kevin Durant on the team, you know, they could win on the road just as easily as they can win at home. It'll be great to see this experiment of three of the most talented players that the NBA has right now and maybe ever, you know, can they figure out a way to join forces? Um, Durant and – think about Durant and Ben Simmons have a similar body type, right? And yet their games but are totally But Ben is thicker, different. though. Ben's thicker. And Ben's a little thicker, and yet you could argue Ben plays smaller, right? So it, it's interesting uh, to see how that works. I hope Ben Simmons is healthy. If for no other reason than just – you know, you hate a guy's career to hit the His wall. Defense because is going to be health. a big difference, Ray. I think Ben Simmons' defense and passing is going to be huge for them. And I hope his defense is infectious too, because you know when when Kevin Durant, who is you know a, a, above average defender, and Kyrie Irving, a below average defender, you know a lot of the times you need that guy to come in and be like rah rah, let's go play defense. And when that rah rah guy is a number one overall pick. You know, I think that he'll lead by example in some ways. You know, Kyrie and Durant are not vocal leaders, but if, if Ben Simmons could get those guys to play defense, it's very interesting. So yeah. let me keep going. So I got the, the Celtics at four. Um, again, uh, another team that doesn't really need home court advantage. Ime Udoka being out for the year through a little monkey wrench in their plan. They got to figure out. If they're going to sign, yeah, we didn't Aaron even Brown. talk about that mess. But I just think the leak from the Celtics uh, that was sloppy. The whole situation was sloppy. Yeah, and and who knows how it'll affect them? Joe Missoula, remember him as a, as a college basketball player, um, mm-hmm. you know, not that long ago. 
But we'll see also with Jalen Brown. They got to determine, you know, Jalen has to determine if he's going to bet on himself and try to break the bank in two years or if he's going to take the money and run right now because they're talking about uh, Jason Tatum being the first $300 million man in the NBA. He'll probably sign a five-year, $300 million deal. If he makes all NBA this year, he's eligible for that wow. super max, you know, that deal in, in two years. Insane. Insane. So, and both I of those guys are so talented. They prove that they're right, ready. But can they coexist? The can they coexist, I guess, is, is the biggest question, right? You know, cause I think, they, I think Jordan, those questions are not, they're not – those aren't legit questions anymore. They proved it last year. I think Boston wasn't completely healthy, and we know that. Robert Williams, Robert Williams was a huge difference maker, but he couldn't play back-to-back games healthy. Sure, sure. You know? So I got Cleveland at five. We talked a little bit about the youth experiment there, that interesting backcourt, that talented frontcourt. They're so young. I got Miami at six, Chicago at seven, Toronto at eight, and then the Hawks and the Knicks at nine and ten as the beneficiaries of the you got the you know, Hawks the only nine that, I have that. the Hawks falling down to nine, even though they're talented, and even though your boy uh, Deontay Murray goes there and adds some stability. Trey Young, you know, even though he's been more, he was more efficient last year. I just feel like they're missing something. And when I look above, look, they're not one of the top four teams in the East. And then I look at Milwaukee. I'm oh, sorry, uh, uh, Cleveland, Miami. Chicago and Toronto, I feel like those teams, they may not be more talented, but they certainly have an identity. They know who they are. They know how they win. They know how to play. And if everybody stays healthy, even though Atlanta might be slightly more talented, I'm still not sure that year one of that experiment, they're better you know, in the long run and in the playoffs, let's say, than those other four teams. So, yeah, I have Atlanta at 9 and the Knicks at 10. And then I, I round up the bottom with Washington, Detroit, Charlotte, Indiana, and Orlando. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, and we're pretty much the same, just a couple of different spots. And we both have the Knicks at 10. You know, I, one thing I do think Brunson will help the development of Barrett. I think this should be probably the last year for Coach Tibbs. I think he's done as much as he could, you know, um, and, I, and I really feel Obi Toppin needs to play more, and same with Cam Reddish, and I just feel like uh, Tibbs, you know, he has his favorites, and if you don't show the defense in practice, you don't get the minutes, but sometimes you got to think about offense as well, and I think Toppin and Cam practice. Reddish, I, listen, I think, I think if you really give these guys the minutes, Cam Reddish and Toppin can take this team to different places than playing, um, you know, some of these other guys. I really do. Um, I also like, you know, Grimes and some of the younger players. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So we go to the West, and it's, you know, boom. Warriors, I think Wiseman and Kaminga really add a lot. You still got pulled. They'll push through Draymond. And Clay is going to be better. See, this is the thing. They won last year, but they weren't even at full throttle. So why couldn't they do even more this year? I got the Nuggets who, this is all about health, but if Porter Jr. and Murray with the Joker and the rest of that roster, which is kind of underrated, if they really, you know, stay healthy, they could be anywhere from two to six, but I got them at two. 
The Grizzlies at three, I just think John Morant is kind of like Lamar Jackson. He's specialer. John Morant is his game and his hops are undetermined. And I love the Grizzlies roster. I love the coach. I love everything about them. And they have a shot to even potentially sneak into the finals. I, I just love this Grizzlies team. I got Phoenix at four, Clippers at five. The Clippers could be five. They could be two. We don't know about the health. And also with Phoenix, I just think Booker is going to take them to another level as Chris Paul drops down a little. But the key is, like you were saying, what's going to be up with Aiton? And I hope that he, you know, steps up because they could go from, you know, four or two. Or if Aiton just mentally crumbles, they go all the way to six or seven. But I will be interested to see the Clippers. And, you know, hey, they got Ty Lue, one of the top three coaches in the league. And if George and Leonard are healthy, you guys, let's not forget Reggie Jackson, these guys, they have a talented roster. They got a bunch of dogs. The young players are tough. The Clippers, nobody would want to see them in the playoffs. Six, the Pelicans. And let me just take a moment to say Zion is back, but Brandon Ingram, wow, did he develop into the player that we thought he could he's be. He's the best and player on that team. I exactly. Mean, and Zion I think has he's the better. potential. Yes, and I think he's better than – I thought he could be. He's really taken his skills, his versatility, the height, all of it. He is a dangerous player. I think he even has potential, probably not first team, but all NBA second team. He's special, and the Pelicans are going to make big noise, I think, in the playoffs. Seven, um, the Mavericks, and that could even slip lower. I think Luka at some point is going to wear down. It's too much for this kid. He does too much, too much ball handling, too much. And I don't think the Mavericks are building the roster around him properly. It's a very weird roster. It's not terrible, but it's, I don't think it's totally conducive to Luka. And that's unfortunate because he's such a great talent. He's got definitely a lot of MVP votes for me this year. But um, they seven, the Lakers, they'll bounce back a little bit. Westbrook doesn't want to be there. He doesn't go huddle with the team when they do their thing. I, I just don't know if they can move him. I think they'll try to. Patrick Beverly is a great addition. Then they just brought back Dennis Schroeder, who can shoot a little bit, but he plays more defense. And I think it's all about Davis and LeBron's health. And if Davis is healthy, and I think he's going to be back, they could be eight, but the Lakers can move up to four or five, too. Don't sleep on Davis and LeBron and the power they have. The Timberwolves, nine, they could be up higher, but they're going to be dangerous. Ten, I got the Blazers just because of Dame Lillard. He's just, you know, a different dude. But they have some interesting players on that roster as well. And Anthony Simons is really starting to feel himself. And it's just about confidence because the kid has all the talent in the world. The Kings. Now, they did get Kevin Herter from Atlanta. They've got an interesting roster. They've been switching it out, right, over the last years, moving Bagley. Now they got Herter doing all this you stuff. You realize they haven't made the playoffs since the Vlade Divac you know, uh, uh, era in the Stoyakovich and Weber and Mike Bidley. The longest drought in professional sports. They haven't made the playoffs in 21 years. It's absurd. And you know what? This year they could, they could sneak into the play-in, but I don't know what it is that's missing with them. But I love Fox. They've got talented players. Um, maybe it's just been coaching and, and general manager. The Jazz, they're 12, but they could be all the way down to 14. I've got the Spurs at 13, Pop, and, you know, they're kind of just retooling and rebuilding. They could be 15. Uh, The Rockets, I actually think the Rockets are in the upswing, so I have them 14, but they could be up to 12. 
and OKC, you know, they actually, with Shea Gilchrist and some of their young players, they've got a ton of talent. I just don't see where it's constructed to win games. And so they could be from 13 to 15. They would take you at Rucker Park, though. Yeah, they surely they would. would. Some games at Rucker. And I would have had them way higher, though, if they had Chet Hulgram there, because that, that could have balanced things out for me. So I think, you know, I, I like where you are. I mean, I have a few differences, and I can highlight them a little bit. I have the Memphis Grizzlies actually winning the West only because – they're probably, of all of those top-tier teams, the one that really, really wants home court advantage. They would love mm. to have a Game 7 at the FedEx Forum in Memphis. Um, yes. And so the other teams didn't, don't care, right? The other teams, yeah, they'd like to have it, but they're not going to go all out in April to go get that final, you know, to get that last-minute position. In fact, they would do the, they would do the opposite. They would do I think Denver wants it because of the altitude, but I just don't know about their consistency of health. Potentially. I could see Denver being the team. But other teams like the Warriors, the Clippers, the, the, you know, the, the, the Suns even, they're more interested in health than they are in winning that number one seed. So I think the Memphis Grizzlies, um, you know, Bane is super important. Dylan Brooks, oh, they need Bain to determine nice. if they're keeping him or not. Jaron Jackson's health. Obviously, you know, and does he step up and become a little more efficient offensively? Don't you feel uh, like he needs he, to be more assertive? I do. He's he's like a, a mini unicorn, you know. Think about like Michael Porter Jr. Totally different game, right? Michael yeah. Porter Jr. though showed flashes of being awesome and signed this enormous contract. And Jaron Jackson, who's probably all around more talented and can influence the game on the defensive side of the court. You know, he is one of those guys where you're just waiting for him to, you know, elevate to that next level, you know. Um, but I, so I, I have Memphis Grizzlies at number one. I have the Clippers at number two. The thing with the Clippers is their roster. I don't know that we've seen a roster that's this good in a long time. I mean, they have an 11-man roster. Their first three are, you know, if, if, if John Wall was anything on the health side, you had him to Kawhi Leonard – and Paul George, they're all in sort of – He's going to surprise people this year. John Whitney might be back. Health, but think about their bench, right? They got Morris. They got Mann. They got, um, uh, you know, who else do they have? They, they, they're bringing the kid um, uh, from Duke, the shooter, the lefty. From uh, They got him. And obviously, you know, Zubat is going to give – I think Zubat is, is quietly – He's serviceable. He's quietly sort of underrated in his – you know, in his ability to, uh, you know, blend well with that team because that team's got a lot of egos and probably yeah. a lot of cats that, that want the ball. Um, but they have – Man a is really, a stud. Really... I love man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrence Mann is, is – nice. I mean, they've got a really deep, full roster. And, and uh, Reggie Jack – I mean, Re- uh, they've got a whole slew of people that just <laughs> ball. They, they're the only team that's 11 deep. You know, so I, I like that. And that bodes well for a long NBA season. So I, I have them at the number two seed. Uh, I have the Warriors at number three only because they don't care about home court. Um, the Phoenix Suns, like you said, at four. DeAndre Ayton is the big question. Uh, uh, Bridges, you know, it's his time to step up. I mean, you know what you'll get from Booker. You know what you'll get from Ayton. You know what you'll get from Paul. Paul is kind of on the way down. 
Cam Johnson is very interesting because they're committed to him starting, and so that is going to be an issue now with Jay Crowder and what's going to happen. Are they going to move him? So they've got – Well, they're talking about moving Crowder for uh, Karis LeVert, which I actually like. I like it for both sides because Jay Crowder, his feelings got hurt when they said that Cam Johnson was going to start. And obviously DeAndre Ayton's feelings are hurt because that whole free agency was uh, handled poorly by the Suns. And, you know, I'm actually in the Suns' camp in the sense that I don't think Ayton is a max player. And because of the, the Indiana offer sheet, they had to sign him to a max. So there are reluctantly signing people to max contract that they feel like it never ends well, but they certainly should have handled it better, you know? You're right. Uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. so I think they've got some – Monty Williams has got some uh, three-card Monty to play over there. He's got to mend some the fences. Therapist. So, so a therapist. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have the Denver Nuggets at five, not because of talent, but only because, you know, they're going to work Michael Porter and Jamal Murray back into the offense, back into the rotation. I think losing Will Barton might hurt, but, you know, they've got some, you know, certainly the roster, certainly, like you said, the home court, the altitude, they've got the joker. So they could, they could be anywhere from one to five or six. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish anywhere in the top six. Um, I have the Pelicans also. I think you had them at six. I have them at six. I have the Lakers. Uh, and, again, that, that three is pretty amazing. Those three have all averaged 23 points or more in their career. Zion, um, your boy Urkel, uh, McCollum, C.J. McCollum. C.J., and, uh, um, <laughs> and Brandon Ingram. So they can all score. So the question is, can they coexist, and what is sort of that glue you know, what does the glue look like on that team? Um, I got the Lakers at seven. You know, we'll see what happens with the role players. I mean, you know a healthy Davis, you know a healthy LeBron are going to give you top five, top six, top seven, you know, stats and, and uh, performances, but not every night, right? So it's going to be up to, um, you know, obviously the, the big question mark being Russell Westbrook, but it's going to be up to some of the role players on that team, how well they do, how well they get through an 82-game roster. The number eight seed I have is the T-Wolves. You know, again, that big three, I'd love to coach that big three of, of, of Rudy, Carl Anthony Towns, and Anthony Edwards. So we'll see how well they do in the playoffs. Dallas, I'm down on Dallas. You know, I think that uh, Luka does, like you said, Luka does too much um, when your next best player is probably Christian Wood, but he's going to come off the bench. He's in a contract year. They told JaVale McGee he's going to start, so that's going to cause some some beef. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith is fine. Uh, they got some role players that are fine. That's a um, bunch of role players. Right. Ultimately, if they were to do anything, it they need to take the ball out of Luka's hands a little bit, give him a little bit of a rest, and they really need Christian Wood to go back to his – you know, 20 and 10 days in Houston. And there hasn't been a guy that's put up stats like that that's been that polarizing, right? A lot of GMs just don't like this guy. And it's a reason. There's a reason he's been bounced around to so many teams. But I hope he settles in in Dallas and does his thing. He's also on a contract year, so it's hard to sacrifice your stats on your contract year because everybody wants to get paid. So we'll see what happens in Dallas. Sacramento, again, I, ugh, poor franchise. Haven't been in the playoffs in two decades. Um, I don't hate their roster. 
Uh, I just think that the West is a little tough, and I, and I don't know that, you know, when De'Aaron Fox is your best player, if that's good enough. Um, uh, Sabonis is great. I love him. Um, I don't know that he can lift the franchise on his back. Uh, Trailblazers, Dame Little, I want to see how he looks coming back. That's a rebuild. You know, he's going to get paid. He's going to have earned between 400 and $500 million in Portland, but I don't think he'll ever get past the second round of the playoffs. So I hope that either they get better or they move him because I'd hate to see Dame Lillard not get to do Dame time in the playoffs. Um, and I would just hate to see a guy like that, you know, sort of languish in, you know, in, in that Northwest and not really, um, you know, get to the Lakers trade on. Westbrook and two first round picks to Portland. That's what those draft for picks Dame? for. For Dame. Yeah. Let's see. Let's yeah, see it happen. But the problem is the Lakers picks are going to be middle of the first round because they still have James and they still. No, have, I know, uh, but maybe, maybe, maybe Portland's just like, hey, you know. Nah, they could do better. Look, look, look what look what Utah got for Donovan Mitchell. Look what uh, Utah got for Rudy Gobert. No, nah, the, the Trailblazers want more than that. They want a couple of starters, four number ones. I mean, it's Dollar Dame, man. I know. I know. All right, finish and it out. Yeah, I rounded out with San Antonio, Houston, Utah, and Oklahoma City. All four of them, if you combine their roster, they probably wouldn't be a top four team in the West. Ooh. They're, you know, they're bringing up the rear. Maybe in two, three years, I might say something differently. But I do no like the, the young kid, his second season, Green in uh, Houston. You know, and um, I, it'll be interesting to see. And I think that they did good in the draft, so we'll see. So the East in the in, in the playoffs. Um, Look, this is going to be fascinating, you know, but basically I have Philly over Toronto, you know, kind of discrediting the, the, the play-in, but they'll, they'll you know, win that. Um, I've got uh, Brooklyn over Cleveland. Should be fun. I've got Milwaukee over Atlanta. You know, they could maybe sweep them, maybe one game. It's just not a good matchup for Atlanta. And I have Boston edging Miami in the semis. I've got <clears throat> Philly taking down Boston in seven games should be a great matchup. And then I got Brooklyn edging out Milwaukee revenge. I just think by the time we get to this point, Simmons will do enough to disrupt um, Milwaukee. And I think they'll make a, a move near the deadline to get one more big size guy and that uh, even go grab your Robin Lopez, that have Lopez against Lopez, and I think Brooklyn could, you know, take that down. And then in the conference finals in the East, I have the Philadelphia 76ers over the Brooklyn Nets in seven games. And I just think it, it, it's because of Maxie and Harden figuring it out. Maxie doing his thing. So I got the Sixers in the NBA finals. Wow. You know, we didn't even talk about this. I want you to know Ray and Tate did not compare notes, but we have very similar outcomes here in the East. Uh, yeah. It's interesting to see what happens in the West. But in the East, so similarly, I have um, the Sixers beating the Hawks. I have the Bucks taking out the Bulls. I have the Nets taking out the Heat and Boston beating Cleveland in the first round, which actually could be a very interesting series. Um, second round, I have the Sixers over the number four seed Boston. I think that that could be a really all-time great series with a whole bunch of storyline. Uh, and then I have the Nets taking out the Bucks. 
Um, mm. Kevin Durant remembers that one inch, you know, that could have <laughs> the, won the them. Toe uh, the line. Yeah, the toe on the line. You know, he'll reverse that. He'll take that three from, you know, a foot behind the line. So in seven games, I got the Nets beating the Bucks, uh, And then I have the Sixers over the Nets. Like you're saying, that wow. is the perfect storyline, right? The James Harden, Ben Simmons drama continues all the way into June. Um, so I have the Sixers beating the Nets going to the finals, representing the East. So tell me what you got in the West. I love it. Well, I got the Warriors over the Mavericks. Um, I have the Denver Nuggets over the Lakers. I just think the Joker would be way, way too much. And at that point, Murray, you see the Lakers don't have the shooting. But I think that would go seven. Um, So I got the Nuggets. And I had the how many Pelicans are out there peddling. Brandon Ingram stands up and says, I am the head brother in charge. And Zion is, is right there with him, and they become Batman and Superman, and they beat Memphis Grizzlies in seven games. The Pelicans pull off okay. the shocker upset. I have the Clippers over the Phoenix Suns, also in seven. In the semis, um, you know, I've got the Warriors taking down the Clippers in a classic, classic. And that could go either way, but I just think Wiseman and Kaminga – develop too much and Jordan Poole. I just I, I just don't see Kawhi and George and Wall being able to defend and stop those guys and then match them offensively. And then I've got the Pelicans uh continuing and upsetting the Denver wow. Nuggets. And I got wow. in the end okay. in the Western Conference Finals, I have the Warriors taking down the Pelicans, probably in six, but the Pelicans run stops there, but they put the league on notice. Ingram, CJ, and Zion, because Zion is, when he's right, and he's going to get himself together, they're going to ease them in, right? The two of them, they could be unstoppable, but the Warriors Willie put Green it Green right. coaching to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Yes, Willie Green, and, you know, he's, he's doing it for all the Willie Beemans out there. And then I've got an NBA Finals, the Philadelphia 76ers in seven games, Joel Embiid and James Harden finally, finally get it done. And Philly gets it done. And I kind of complete a prediction that your boy Tay made back in, what, 16 or 17, that the Philadelphia 76ers would win a chip in like 21, 22, or 23. And they finally do get it done. They beat the Golden State Warriors four games to three in the NBA Finals because no one in Golden State has got anything for Joel Embiid, and I think this man is on a mission. And Doc Rivers is the coach to get him over the hump. So I have a completely different West. Um, I have the Memphis Grizzlies beating the Minnesota Timberwolves in the first round. The Clippers in the Battle of L.A. beating the Lakers. I think they're too deep and they're too ready to, for prime time. Um, they'll be healthy and ready to go into the playoffs. Lakers still have too many questions. I have the Warriors beating the Pelicans, so it's three over six. And then I have the Nuggets beating the Suns, so five upsetting four, although not a huge upset. Any of those top (laughs) six could beat each other, right? Next round, I have the number five-seeded Nuggets taking out the Memphis Grizzlies. I think the Nuggets are more talented at the 
top three, four positions. And I think their experience from the last couple of years before Jamal Murray got hurt helps them get past the Memphis Grizzlies. And then I have the Clippers and the Warriors. And this, to me, might be the best series that we've seen in a while. Um, Warriors and Clippers have so much talent, so much experience. They play different styles of basketball, but it will be very, very interesting. And I know Kawhi Leonard has a ton of experience against this Warriors team playing them in the finals a few years ago with Toronto. So I have the Clippers beating the Warriors, and I have a finals of the Nuggets and the Clippers. Clippers, the one thing they've been susceptible to is runs. The one thing that Denver do, Denver can do, like like Golden State, they can score in bunches. So I actually have the Nuggets taking out the Clippers and going Oof. to the NBA Finals. Dikembe Mutombo, we're thinking about you, brother. We 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 want you to recover from that brain tumor. You know, Denver Nuggets number one. First time an eight seed beat a one seed. Remember Denver uh, Dikembe with the basketball on the court. You know, I love the camera. I didn't that, hear about right? the tumor. Oh, I'm gonna say yeah, some prayers he's for in, Mutombo, he's in man. Atlanta, and and he's being treated for a brain tumor right now. Yeah, Dikembe Mutombo. Shout out to to Dikembe and all the big men and, and all he does in Africa is, is fantastic. Yeah, um, no, so yeah, our, our hearts are out, you know, to you and your family. Hopefully, you can recover from this. Um, but yeah, I have the 76ers taking out the Nuggets in six games. I think ultimately, if there are two players that are at that superstar status that are hungry to win a championship, it's Harden and Embiid. And I think right as the playoffs start, they're both going to say, we need to do whatever it takes. And even if that means elevate Tyrese Maxey, and even if that means sacrifice some shots for Tobias Harris, but they will figure it out. Seth, They'll figure out how to get into winning mode in the playoffs. And I, too, think the 76ers win. I have them beating the Nuggets 4-2. Wow. So we both got the Sixers as the chips. That is fascinating. We'll end off quickly with the awards. I got MVP, Joel Embiid. And I, I love that you've got Embiid battling the Joker in the finals. That's uh, fascinating. But I think Embiid pushes through. I could see 29, 29-12, you know, one and one, you know, one block, one steal, something, you know, maybe two blocks of steal. But I do think he needs to kind of um, – you know, kind of really flex a little bit more defensively. He's got the athletic ability, the height to do it, and I just think this guy is special. I'd also like him to take a little bit less three-pointers, but he, he does make them at like 34 35 36%. Rookie of the year, it's easy to just go Paulo Bancaro from Orlando. I think that kid is insane. I think he's going to be special. It could be co-rookie of the years, but I think you're going to see a lot of noise out of Jaden Ivey who's got a little young Russell Westbrook in him. And with him and Cade Cunningham and the roster they're building in Denver and Detroit, I think the Pistons are going to have a nice little renaissance this year, make some interesting noise. And I think Jaden Ivey, whose mother played and coached and stuff, he's the kid's electric. So I I got him as rookie of the year. Um, For my coach of the year, I originally had Doc Rivers, but I just think people feel Philly's top two or three anyway. So I had to go with Willie Green. Even though I have the Pelicans at six, they're going to have a great record, and they could wind up going up to two, four, three. But I think Willie Green is going to really, you know, work in the three of those guys. And really, we could say it. It's kind of a big three. 
you know, with uh, CJ and them. And I think Willie Green is really an underrated coach. So we'll see him do his thing. Uh, six man, I forgot originally to do it, but then I realized when I saw Rays, and I have to agree, there's nobody else I can really think of. Um, but I, but I, I really think Jordan Poole is, I mean, he could get to 20 a game off the bench. Jordan Poole is really talented, and I have so much respect for him because he's, like Jimmy Butler, self-made. These guys were not predicted to be, you know, all time this, that. But the way he's developed, I give him so much props. Defensive player of the year, you know, I could we could go Rudy Gobert every year, this and that or whatever. I just think it's my boy Mikael Bridges and um and when Phoenix, Bridges can guard the one, the two, the three. Sometimes he pushes around some fours. He doesn't just get steals. He locks down people. And he could have won defensive player last year. I thought he got jerked. I think he gets it this year. My um, most improved, you know, I there's a couple guys on this list. I do think Kevin Herter might show out in, in Sacramento. And I also do think Scotty Barnes is going to start to score a little bit more and all his versatility. But I think Brunson really does help R.J. Barrett. And remember, the last quarter of the season, R.J. Barrett averaged 24 a game and was really taking things over. And Brunson is a pure point. He doesn't have to score first. And I think he's going to make R.J. Barrett's life so much easier with better shots. So I think R.J. Barrett is going to give us about 23, 24 a game this year consistently for the Knicks because wow. of Brunson. I'll take yeah. it. I see Barrett. Yeah, I think Barrett. And then I just want to add this in my first all NBA team. I went with, uh, you know, Curry. And I think everyone wants to say Luca, but I think Luca's going to get run down. I'm not wishing it on him, but he could get injured and just tired. I think it's Devin Booker's. We're going to see a, another level of Booker. Um, he's always been consistently great and he's ascending each year, but I just think the confidence that he got from the last couple of seasons and then even the Olympics, he's going to be first team all NBA, um, Curry, Booker, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. That's it. Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. Okay. Woo. I love it. I love it. I don't agree that with team, it. That team could it. go to war with anybody. No, that, <laughs> that team could. No doubt. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll make my picks really quick. Joel Embiid, I have as the MVP. Like I said, he'd been knocking on the door. He could have won it last year. He had an all-time great year, but yeah. the Joker had an all-time a little bit better year by a hair. <laughs> so I think there's one of those things where the, the voters will even feel for him, and if it's even close, I think he'll win it just because he's been yeah. knocking on the door, and voters tend to do that. Like a, a guy like Kobe's only won one MVP, right? Pretty crazy. Um, so Joel Embiid wins the MVP. I think rookie of the year. I got Morgan Keegan. Um, whenever you have a rookie of the year, it tends to go for stats, and he's going to get a lot of shots. And he was a very efficient scorer in college. He can shoot. He got a mid-range game. He's going to do fine. Um, he's going to find himself, uh, you know, filling up the stat sheet. So I got Morgan Keegan winning the uh, rookie of the Who's year. Who's Keegan he's on again? Keegan, where's he at? Oh, um, oh God, now I'm drawing a blank. Um, he's a kid from Iowa. He's on um, – oh, jeez. Now I'm definitely – Is this, He didn't go to Sacramento or Houston. No, no, he, uh, no I'll tell you in a second. Hold on. I'm, yeah, I'm no, I think it's going to be I'm, nice. 
I just I'm going down my list. Yeah, from Iowa. Do you remember him seeing him in the in the in the tournament doing his thing? And he is definitely one of these cats that you're going to see him go ahead and get as many threes as he want as he wants, and he's going to shoot. You know, he's going to shoot the lights out. And so this is a cat that's going to be able to go ahead and essentially have a green light every night. So, um, wait, let, let me let me uh, keep going with the uh, yeah, yeah yeah with my list here because I know we're running short on time. So uh, I got six man of the year. I got Jordan Poole. I think he is definitely a uh, a number one. You know, one of these guys that he's just as good. He could be a starter. He could be a six man. But he's going to be a six man. It, it all comes down to his ability to put all that nonsense with Draymond Green. Uh, behind him right and then i think most improved player is our boy even though he's going to be a terrible team uh tyrese halliburton you know i was i was one to say that he should have stayed in um he was one to stay in uh sacramento but they they ended up trading him and going with De'Aaron fox but i think that eventually he's going to become a very very good role player and you know, he will lead a team to the playoffs. He'll be one of those guys that's like a, you know, sort of an even better version of Malcolm Brogdon. He'll score, he'll defend, he'll he'll run a team. He may not so almost be the, like Drew Holiday. You're saying he'll be like Drew Holiday? Yeah, I can see him being a Drew Holiday. Right? I can yeah. see him being a Drew Holiday type. Um, exactly. The the final pick is going to be coach. Um, who did I do? Oh, coach of the year. And I got Taylor Jenkins. I got uh, the Memphis Grizzlies getting the number one seed in the West only because, again, that they um, that they wanted it more than anybody else. And so by doing that, they were able to play all of their starters in April, play them in March, get that number one seed. And I think that uh, that that's going to let them get a huge head up uh, heads up on you know the rest of the teams. In the West, it won't really help them at the end because I think ultimately, you know, the talent rises to the top in the playoffs, but they'll get the number one seed. And now in terms of a, a, a top five, this is tough. It's tough to not put Steph Curry on there, and I hear what you're saying, but I got my man Luka. I got Luka and Booker as all-NBA first-team guards. Okay. And then you got, you know, you, I got Giannis and Embiid up front. So then the question is, Durant, LeBron, any other forwards? I'm going with Durant on a bounce-back year. So my NBA top five is Luka, Booker, Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. And um, and don't get oh, it twisted. Yeah. I got LeBron on my second team. I mean, LeBron right, right. is like LeBron great season. dropping off. But, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. losing out <laughs> first-team All-NBA to, to Kevin Durant is not a big deal. Yeah, and I – yeah, no doubt. And, um, and I think Keegan Murray – it's Sacramento kid. It's it's uh, Keegan Murray is my uh, is my rookie of the year. He's kid from Iowa. Okay. Right, he's in Sacramento. He's going to get a lot of shots up there. You know, now that Sabonis is uh, you know sort of manning the paint, and he's a great passer for a big man. And you got Darren Fox on the perimeter. I think they're going to you know that's for a nice a little roster. Fox, Keegan Murray, Kevin Herter, uh, Sabonis, and then I don't know who they have at the five, but that's nice. That's a nice score. Look, four. they had to revamp their whole roster because the, you know, a couple of experiments didn't go well, right? I, I thought they gave up on Tyrese Halliburton a little too soon, but they brought back in. I agree with that. In, 
you know, and so also Marvin Bagley didn't turn out to be what they wanted. So they ended up getting, you know, okay stuff in return, but really. And Luke Walton didn't work out as a coach. That didn't work. Yeah, they didn't. They, didn't, they don't have that franchise player, and, and I'm sorry, De'Aaron Fox fans, but he's good, but he's not that franchise player. So I wish Sacramento to make the playoffs because, you know, it's not, a, it's not a good look when you're the last of the teams in the big four sports to make the playoffs. You haven't been in the playoffs in two decades. But, you know, hopefully they'll get that franchise player in the draft and start building around them because the West is brutal. So you obviously need to go draft yourself a Dame Lillard, you know, or draft yourself. You got to get lucky. uh, And you hope Murray turns into that special dude. And let's see. So we're closing out opening night tomorrow night. I got the Sixers being the Celtics and the Warriors. I think we'll take care of the Lakers and a little upset for Wednesday night. Our Knicks go to Memphis and the Knicks beat the Grizzlies. Let's go! Oh my God, that's that's the highlight of our season. Is the Knicks beat the Grizz? <laughs> <laughs> Open it night, baby. Let's go. So you know anyway, what? this I, was fun. Everybody enjoy. Ray and Tay both have the Sixers. I got the Sixers over the Warriors in seven, and Ray's got the Sixers over the Nuggets in six. Should be a great NBA season. And maybe we'll tune in around the All-Star break or sometime and uh, give you guys some stuff. And maybe even, you know, after LeBron gets that, uh, that scoring title, start to really revamp our top 10, top 15 all time. That's always a yeah, fun well, conversation. We have a couple of, yeah, we got a couple of people that might have moved, right? We talked about going into these NBA finals, what we thought this would do to Steph Curry, um, what yeah. we thought you know, passing the, like you said, passing, passing Kareem and getting the scoring title, what would that do for LeBron? Um, we, we got some movement potentially in that top 15. Where does Kevin Durant does it go up? Does it go down? You know, he's knocking on that top 10 door. So yeah, we, we might have to revisit that later in the year. Probably what February, right around the all-star break is probably when, when LeBron will pass. Well, if he stays healthy. Yeah. Pass Kareem. Gosh, it's crazy. So, all right, everybody enjoy. Enjoy autumn. Enjoy this NBA season. There's so much going on in sports. But um, just be safe out there. And uh, let's hoop it up. Let's get it going. Tip off tomorrow night. Ray and Tay, we're out.